0: One of the other reasons why I picked this client's story to talk through is because she's also had a really important life event that's transpired, and she got engaged. And the weekend that she got engaged, we did not worry at all about her macros. We knew it might be coming at some point soon, but we didn't know exactly when. And we were discussing being in a calorie deficit, part of her motivation was, Hey, I know there's going to be photos at this event. And I want to feel like my best self and I feel like I'm ready to do this. And I agreed. Cause she showed me, she, she put her reps in. She showed me that she was ready to do it. So that weekend comes around, she's celebrating, having the best time. She doesn't track a single thing, but guess what? It doesn't matter. And here's why it doesn't matter because that happened on a Saturday. She enjoyed herself that Sunday, Monday, she was feeling a little bit hungover. But by Monday night, she took herself to the grocery store and she did what she needed to do to be prepared for the rest of her week. That example of that action demonstrates somebody who has made this a part of their lifestyle. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's up, FIX listeners? Welcome back to our latest episode of The FIX Podcast, episode 95. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and if you're new here, welcome for joining us for the very first time. I'm so appreciative to have you as a new member of The FIX community, because by just listening to one podcast episode, hopefully you'll walk away from it feeling like you want to get a little bit more. And you're in for a treat because we are in the middle of a series that is peeling back the layers on every single thing we do with our nutrition clients inside of the one-on-one Fitness Fix Nutrition Coaching Program. So... If you have not listened to this show before and you are joining with this episode, I would encourage you, this isn't normally required for the fix, but I would encourage you to go back to episodes 93 and 94 before listening to this one, episode 95, where we will be talking about the third phase. Inside of the Fitness Fix program, which is called our focus phase. And this is where the real work happens because this conversation is focused on all things calorie deficits. So, over the course of this episode, I'm going to break down first and foremost what the heck a calorie deficit actually is talk about how it can be done in practice, and then really specifically dive into how to know when you're ready for one. And that last point is the most important because it's usually what people get wrong, especially when they try to do it on their own. They tend to try to diet for way too long of a period of time to the point where it becomes that much harder to stick to. And that's something inside of this program that we really unpack, that we really try to change people's perspectives on, and quite frankly, not rush the process so much. So that's what you can expect in store for today's episode. So again, If you're joining us for the first time, would be helpful to listen to episodes 93 and 94 first before diving into episode 95. If you've been trucking along with us over the course of the last few weeks, appreciate you guys and your continued support as always. And I'm excited to kind of take us to the next level where we left off talking through, I'm actually gonna use the same client that I mentioned in our previous episode and kind of now talk you through exactly where she is in the midst of the focus phase. So walking it back just a little bit, here's the ad lib version of our first two phases of the program. The first one inside of our find phase is all about meeting you where you are, figuring out What worked for you before when you found some success, let's call it, putting success in quotes, because in my opinion, if we find success with a diet, it means that it's not something we have to constantly go back to and try to do again and again and again. It's a true lifestyle. So maybe you found some degree of success in driving some level of behavior change because that's what we're really looking for at the end of the day. So we meet you where you are, we figure out what works for you, we figure out what doesn't, and we figure out a lot of the mental blocks that might be holding you back, whether that's food rules you're hanging on to, or the one with a lot of ladies out there is usually the whole, I'm afraid of carbs, carbs are going to make me gain weight. They're not going to make you gain weight, and I will include why in this chat today too. So there's that, and then we move into what is called our fuel phase. And as I discussed in our last episode, I talked all about why that phase was so important because it's the phase where you actually learn how to not diet, aka how to live the rest of your life. It's where you can tell your body, hey, body, we are going to be used to X amount of food, And in getting used to X amount of food, let's improve our metabolic rate. Let's improve the way our body responds to food, uses that food as fuel for all of the things we do all day long in terms of burning energy, whether that's me sitting here right now recording this podcast, if you're out listening to the show while you're on a walk or something like that, you are obviously burning energy, burning calories to do so, going to your workouts, performing at your job, all the different things you do on a daily basis. Your body needs the fuel for that to happen. So really, 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 really focusing on eating from a place of abundance versus having this restrictive mindset is where we kind of tackle things going into that second phase. Now we're coming into the third, which as I mentioned, is called the focus phase. And we specifically named this phase, the focus phase, because frankly, it's the toughest one. And it's the toughest one because this is the point where you do need to double down and make a few different sacrifices. And again, in using the client we referred to in our last episode as an example, I'm going to talk through in real life, what do those sacrifices actually look like? So we had this client. She's been on this journey with us for over the last five and a half months or so, and we actually talked for a while about really thinking about when the appropriate time would be for her to diet. And I love when clients are on board with this concept of being patient because if you're willing to be patient, there is one thing I can guarantee you. I can't guarantee your success in terms of how quickly you see results, but I can guarantee your success if you keep an open mind and if you're willing to kind of push the envelope and doing all the things that every other fad diet told you not to do, such as eating more food. The longer you can get your body used to operating on more food on a consistent schedule, the more successful you will likely be with your calorie deficit because, we don't necessarily have to pull your calories down quite as low. So here's what I mean, putting some numbers, putting some macros, putting some calories on it. So let's take this client. She was working her way up. We started her in the fine phase. We were right around 14, 1500 calories. She was very up and down with her food intake. Fast forward two to three months. We took those 1400 calories, brought them to more like 1700, then 1800, then 19, and ultimately we landed on 2000 calories. So many women out there, when they hear 2,000 calories, they freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, I can never eat that much food. So here's a really great rule that starting today, you should just throw away if you have any intention of wanting to lose body fat. That's the following. Too much food versus too little food. The amount of food is a very personal thing. I might have a definition of what a lot looks like that could be totally different than the person next to me. And everybody's food preferences really just influence what that means. So hear these numbers and hear them from a place of just looking at it like in a very neutral way. Like we're looking at it in terms of math for me to really illustrate the point here. You have somebody whose body was very used to 2,000 calories, got really consistent with that intake. Took her lifestyle from a lot of restriction on a Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday sort of situation over to consistency Monday through Sunday, learning to include the foods that she loved, giving herself permission to enjoy the food that she was eating, allowing herself to have fun and seeing that if she could just show up every single day or 95 to 97% of the time, prioritize her movement, get good quality sleep. Look at how her digestion was changing for the better. Reduce inflammation. All of the other markers of her health, the other levers that we've described that we can pull through past episodes. Once those things were firing on all cylinders, we then look at her calorie intake and we say, okay, great. We have proof. We have a literal proof that we've been nourishing her body. Why do we have proof? Because if you put yourself in a situation where you're not consuming enough food, All the opposite things of what I just said are going to happen. As you start to consume less food, your sleep quality will begin to suffer. Maybe you won't sleep as long. You might start waking up throughout the night. Your workout quality might start to diminish. If you're consuming fewer calories, you might not necessarily feel as strong in the gym. Your digestion might start to get a little bit off. And the reason being is because a calorie deficit is a form of stress. And a stressed body does not really receive additional stress very well. The analogy that I often use with clients when we talk about this is this idea that you're taking something that is already on fire and pouring gasoline on top of it. So if you're not getting quality sleep, your digestion already seems off, you're maybe a little bit inconsistent with your workout routine, you're not really in the best position to lose body fat. And as I said, this phase, this focus phase is where the sacrifice really comes into play. Why? Because losing weight is hard. Like, let's just cut through the BS and all acknowledge that losing weight is hard. It's not easy. If it were easy, there wouldn't be a bunch of people out there trying to help you come up with different ways to go about doing it. It's hard. It's a conscious choice on a regular basis. But there are ways that we can make it easier. And that's really what we try to accomplish in walking you through these various phases and then helping you get to this focus phase with your body essentially primed for fat loss. So think about those calorie markers that I'm providing as like the sign that a person is primed for fat loss, but they're going to be specific to you. So this example of this client's 2,000 calories might be totally different in application for yourself. So hear this and know that if you're looking to just get an idea of where your calories should be from listening to this podcast. Unfortunately, you can't get that question answered here. It's much more specific to you in the sense that we have to see how your body responds to it. Having to see how your body responds to it requires time, which is why we work with all of our clients for a minimum of six months. And as I shared, this client has been on this journey of intentionally fueling her body for more than five before we even talked calorie deficit. So anyways, let's fast forward to that moment. So we start together in October. We go through the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, coming into January. A lot of people in January are like, now's the time for me to lose weight. She started to see changes. She saw that reduction in inflammation. The scale was starting to go down. She saw that change in the shape of her physique. Her muscle looked leaner, tighter, all the things that everybody's always asking for. And we said, okay, great. A lot of people would like to be in their best position possible, their best physique possible by Memorial Day. Is that something that's important to you? This client said yes. So in January, we looked ahead to see how much time we had until Memorial Day. And we said to ourselves, "Okay, great. We still have plenty of time to work with. We had several months between January and the end of May, basically June, let's call it. And so we decided, let's keep pushing the envelope. Let's see how your body continues to respond. And then when we get to about the 12-week mark or so, which is exactly what we've done, right around the beginning of March-ish, we'll talk about revisiting that calorie deficit conversation if all of those biofeedback markers, the sleep, the stress, the digestion, the hunger cues, the energy levels, were in a position that we knew we could receive fat loss well. That also means she had to continue to show up, be consistent with her macros, be consistent with her sleep, be consistent with her workout routine, and honestly, do the boring work. Like, this is the stuff that nobody wants to talk about because it's not some quick fix. It's not sexy. It's not necessarily the stuff that gets you super excited all the time when it comes to your food or your workouts. It's going through the day-to-day motions and truly committing to making this a lifestyle. As a coach... How I interpret someone's ability to do that is also how I allow them to move into this next phase. So I was just sharing this with a new client the other day, and for some reason, or maybe it was even one of our coaches, the way I said it really resonated with her, and I said the following statement, you have to earn the right to lose body fat. And I've definitely heard that from another coach somewhere at some point in reading up and learning about nutrition, having my own coaches, and I wish I could remember who said it. So I would love to give them credit, but maybe that person's out there listening. And if it was you, thank you, because I really love this phrase. And I think it's important because so many people just want to rush the calorie deficit. They just want to jump right to the point that is going to give them the immediate results. But those immediate results are totally irrelevant if three to four months later, you're right back to that place where you started. So in looking at someone's ability to show up and check the boxes and do the work, I can then tell as their coach that they will be successful in going through that next phase and being willing to make some adjustments, make some tweaks, be a little bit more disciplined around their food choices, tracking things a little bit more closely, what have you. So this client got the green light. She showed me that she earned the right to lose body fat. So March rolls around and we say, we've got Memorial Day still in sight. We have these 12 weeks to work with. So now let's talk about that calorie deficit. Using her numbers again to illustrate the example, what was really great was because she was open-minded and willing to increase her food take, food intake from October all the way up until late February, we now had this white space. We took her 2,000 calories that she was consuming and then we, let's call it her previous rate. I don't know exactly what it was. I didn't have an in-body skin or anything like that in this particular case, but let's say that her previous set point that her body was very used to was right around fifteen, sixteen hundred 1,600 calories, which is roughly probably where she was comfortable given that before she started working with me, we were looking at some food logging she had done in August, September, kind of on and off, and it looked like about 14, 1,500 calories. Granted, it wasn't every day. It is likely that maybe on the weekends there was an increase in some of that food intake, but point was she wasn't losing weight. So we knew her body was not responding to those 1,400 calories. What's so awesome is you fast forward to March of 2023, and here she is now consuming seventeen. 50 to 1800 calories on an average basis and consistently losing a pound a week. So we went from 15, 14, 1500 up to that 2000 mark. And because of the space in between there, that 500 calorie gap that we created, we now do not need to pull her calories so much lower than she might have in the past when she used the Jenny Craig and NutriSystem type approaches. Could she lose weight on a 13, 1,400 calorie diet like that? 100%, especially because she's given her body time to really kind of recover from going through those processes. But here's the thing. She doesn't have to put her calories that low. And why would you put your calories any lower than you need to when we live in a world where one, like we said last episode, food is social, you're going to want to go out with your friends, and A world where food is so readily available, when food marketing is in your face at all times, whether that's in the grocery store with the way food is lined up on the shelves, the colors that are used on different boxes, or the fact that you can just Uber Eats or DoorDash something and have food in your hand within minutes. That's a world that's not designed to want you to lose weight and be your healthiest self. So this is where the whole idea of meeting you where you are, like we did in the find phase, comes all the way back around to phase three. We have to recognize the world we live in. We have to recognize that the temptation is out there and we have a responsibility, at least I see this as the responsibility of the Fitness Fix, to do two things. Help someone figure out the foods that they really love and don't want to necessarily cut out of their diet just figure out what's really worth it to them. And when I say diet, I mean the foods that you're eating, not necessarily being a calorie deficit. And two, help the person see that you don't have to fall prey to all of those different things that are coming at you, that you do have the ability and more specifically, you have the skill set, the discipline to make the choices that you know your future self is going to be happy with. But doing it in a way that isn't to make you feel like you have a little bit of FOMO, let's say, around your friends wanting to go out and you feeling like, oh, I need to turn that down or whatever. So in this client's example, we really talked about what her next few months looked like because I think this is the other mistake that so many people make. It's March. A lot of people, I've had this conversation like two or three times in the last two days with clients with their spring breaks coming up in the next week and they're concerned like how well can I stay on track when I'm traveling well side note you guys know if you've been a fixed listener for a little while we have more than one episode on that so I will drop it in the show notes it was back in I want to say it was like episode 44 but don't quote me on that I will look it up and drop it in in the show notes for this episode if you want to go back and look at it and hear some of our top tips and strategies on that but We really want to look at it like, does it make sense for you to be in a calorie deficit right now? If you have a lot of trips coming up, if you know you're going to have a lot of meals out, meeting you where you are, that timing is just going to make it that much harder. So let's say to ourselves, hey, like, can I set up the most optimal environment for me to lose body fat? So that will look like probably not going on as many trips? Is this a season in your calendar year where you don't necessarily have as much going on? Is your job maybe a little less hectic certain times of the year? Like I know personally, I don't necessarily want to be focused on a calorie deficit myself between late December into early February because as a nutrition coach, that's when my business is the busiest. So it's not necessarily optimal time for two reasons. One, There is just more thought and planning that has to go into losing body fat. Two, I don't necessarily need the cognitive load of being in a deficit. For the amount of stress that your body is under and being in a calorie deficit, it does deplete your energy levels to a degree. Our goal as coaches is to minimize what that impact is, but... If that's the case, we want to be thoughtful and say, okay, like if we know that being in deficit means we're not going to sleep as great or it means that we might feel a little bit of brain fog because, yeah, that does come up, then why would you do it at a time of year where your priority is to focus on your business and being able to serve your clients in this case? Now, I know I'm kind of flipping the example to focus in on myself, but I think that's a good illustration because in this client's case, she's not dealing with that. Her work schedule is very consistent and she knew and we mutually agreed on this, that this was an appropriate time for her to lose body fat. And it's important that it's appropriate because that also helps us ensure that the environment will be a little more pleasant. It'll be a little bit easier for her to get to her goal. And this is the other mistake that I often see with a lot of people. They make it take way too long. They're like, let me get right into this calorie deficit and stay there for a while. When really they should have more patience on the front end, which is why our clients spend a good four plus months inside of our fuel phase and really see how their body is going to respond to that consistent food intake before just immediately pulling it down. But then once people get to the deficit, they're like, oh, let me stay here for 16 plus weeks. Your body's not going to appreciate you for doing that because remember, your body is wanting to find its homeostasis and it's also wanting to adjust to whatever you give it. So if you reduce your calories, it's still going to do its best to adapt and perform and do all the things that it needs to do on a regular basis. So we don't want to send the signal to our body that, hey, this 1,400 calorie mark, this 1,500 calorie mark in this client's example is our norm. We got our body to adapt to 2,000. Let's try to keep it as close to there as possible. Let's look at it as what's the minimum amount of cal- calories I need to pull her food down to be able to get her results. In this case, so far, over the last, it's been about five weeks since we started this calorie deficit, and we've only adjusted her calories, and I'm going to talk more specifically about how we kind of moved her macros around, because that's always a big question that we get, down by about 200 calories. And she's seen changes of about a pound a week, which, in case you didn't know, is considered really moderate to slightly aggressive fat loss. Anything more than two pounds a week is super, super aggressive. So if we can lose a pound a week over the course of the next 12 weeks, she's consistent. She shows up. She tries to get her sleep in. She hydrates well. She hits her macros. She goes to the gym. Again, the unsexy stuff. Then she is going to be successful. And hey, if you lost 12 pounds between now and Memorial Day, I think I'd speak for a lot of people listening out there when I'd say that would make me pretty happy. So we've been on that journey for these last five weeks and things are going great. We are doing really well. And one of the other reasons why I picked this client's story to talk through is because she's also had a really important life event that's transpired and she got engaged. And the weekend that she got engaged, we did not worry at all about her macros. We knew it might be coming at some point soon, but we didn't know exactly when. And we were discussing being in a calorie deficit Part of her motivation was, hey, I know there's going to be photos at this event and I want to feel like my best self and I feel like I'm ready to do this. And I agreed because she showed me. She she put her reps in. She showed me that she was ready to do it. So that weekend comes around. She's celebrating having the best time. She doesn't track a single thing. But guess what? It doesn't matter. And here's why it doesn't matter. Because that happened on a Saturday. She enjoyed herself that Sunday. Monday, she was feeling a little bit hungover. But by Monday night, she took herself to the grocery store and she did what she needed to do to be prepared for the rest of her week. That example of that action demonstrates somebody who has made this a part of their lifestyle. She didn't have to force herself to go to the grocery store. Maybe she needed a little extra motivation to get there. But she just inherently knew that getting herself to the store was going to put her in the best position possible to have a very successful rest of the week that weekend in and of itself, it was one weekend. It's irrelevant. Where it becomes a problem for so many people is that they take a weekend like that and they make it licensed to be like, oh, whatever, the rest of the week's ruined. I'm going to eat what I want to eat, drink what I want to drink, and like maybe I'll get back to it next Monday. That would have been another six days that you potentially lost. Six days of a missed opportunity is really the right way to think about it. One, it doesn't beat yourself up, but... Two, it's also looking at it and saying, oh wow, like that's where I get myself into these situations that ultimately leads me to say, I don't understand why I can't lose weight. It's because in your mind, you think it's just one weekend, but if you were actually tracking your food, you might start to realize and paying attention to those behaviors, maybe that's the missed gym or the missed gym session you were planning on getting to, or maybe your sleep suffers because of it, whatever it is. If you're tracking all that information, we can now take a step back and be very objective and be like, oh yeah, okay. I kind of know why the scale didn't move in the direction that I wanted it to go. But so many people just aren't willing to do that. And I'm so proud of all of the Fitness Fix clients who come in in their first month or so. They feel a little bit overwhelmed because I am asking to log that information on a daily basis. And they're like, oh wow, this is a lot to look at. But within weeks, They're so happy that they have access to it because they start to understand through that relationship with their coach, the purpose of having that information and how we can use it to make better decisions around their food choices, their workouts, and everything else that fits into their health and wellness. And that's awesome. That's really empowering. That's what's ultimately going to get you to the point where you don't need your coach anymore because you know what to look for. You know how to listen to your body. You know how to fuel your body. And right now for this client in particular, we're now kind of in the middle of that journey for her. We're monitoring all of these things very closely. Again, she's checking those boxes and we'll be able to reassess in the next few weeks. Are we happy with where we're at? If the scale is still moving in the direction we want it to go, her progress pictures are shaping up nicely. She's seeing the changes that she wants to see. We don't have to continue to pull her food down. We might like ultimate happiness for every single client I have is let's get you eating as much food as we possibly can to a degree at any given time and you still see those results because that's a plan we can actually stick to. Not the plan that's going to force you to restrict and really pull those calories down overall. So now that we kind of understand like the environment that we're looking for and how we want to set ourselves up for success with this, let's talk about Are three lovely macros, because if you know me and you know this show and you know the Fitness Fix program, while I talk about calories, I really care a lot more about that breakdown between protein, carbs, and fat. When it comes to a calorie deficit, your protein is actually going to be the number that goes up while your fat macro and your carbohydrate intake, those two numbers are going to go down. That is really, really key if you're thinking about taking a stab at this on your own. As a reminder, I would preface it and say, really ask yourself, are your other biofeedback markers, like your digestion, like your sleep, like your energy levels, like your hunger cues, are they in a position where they look like they're quality, where they look good, that your body would actually respond well to that deficit? That has to be question number one. But let's say that they are, when you're looking at that breakdown of what your calories should really be, We want a minimum of one gram per pound of body weight to be attributed to protein, if not more. Think about it this way. If we're going to pull down our calories in the form of our fat macro and our carbohydrate macro, well, we kind of want to borrow some of those calories to keep things up. We borrow them and push them back over into the protein category because the protein category is the one that is the most important for fat loss. And the reason why it's the most important for fat loss is because protein keeps you the fullest. It helps with keeping you satiated. It also is really important to recovery and having adequate amount of an adequate amount of protein in your diet is also going to help you retain and build muscle. And remember in our last episode, we can't build muscle too much of a degree when we're in a calorie deficit because we're not fueling our body accordingly, but we want to hold on to all that hard work that we just put in to that fuel phase, that we just put in to that reverse diet when we were intentionally eating more food. So that's a big reason why we want to pull our protein up. And again, we don't like being hungry. Nobody likes being hungry. So if we can accept the fact that, yeah, we're going to be a little bit hungry through this calorie deficit process, it's just how the story goes, well, can we minimize it here and there? Yes, we can do that by adding more protein. So when in doubt, increase that protein number, and then we can kind of play around with where those other two should go. When it comes to carbs and it comes to fat, it really is person-specific in the sense that some people's bodies respond better to a higher carb and slightly lower fat content, or they respond a little bit better to higher fat And lower carb. This is not a play to tell you that your only carbohydrates should come from veggies and fruit. Trust me, I still have plenty of bread and things like that. But what I think is really great is when you spend the time intentionally learning how to eat more and doing it on a consistent basis, that calorie deficit rolls around and you recognize, thanks to tracking your food, that you don't have to make these massive changes. And I'll give you an example. This client in particular, who's going through her focus phase right now, mentioned just the other day on one of our group coaching calls that now that she started this calorie deficit, has been doing it for the last five weeks or so. She's actually learned that this doesn't mean pasta off limits. This doesn't mean that bread is off limits. She's just reduced her portion sizes slightly. And she's really happy to see that in real life. And it's given her the ability to take a step back and reflect on everything she did two, three years ago when she was eating these really, really small portioned out meals for her and missing out on so many of the things that she enjoys. So much so that outside of the events of her engagement, she also went to a birthday party two weeks ago. And was a little nervous about it at first, but this is the benefit of having your coach in your back pocket, shooting me a text and saying, hey, Krista, I'm going to this birthday party. It's family style. What do you recommend that I should do? We agreed. Eating out, probably higher in carbs and probably higher than fat. So let's hit our protein goal for the day and then leave ourselves a little bit of a cushion. She also very intentionally consumed a quick little protein shake right before she went to that dinner. And this is key in my eyes. Because she didn't walk into it so hungry that her hunger could have potentially been an emergency and she wouldn't have necessarily made the best decisions. I love seeing those things as they happen because once again, it really demonstrates that this person understands how to execute this as a lifestyle and not simply as, oh, well, I need to hit this number and that number for this macro and that number for that macro. And as long as I do that, I'm going to be good to go. That'll get you like halfway there. But what's really going to carry you through and make this something you can do for the rest of your life is if you think about the situations that in the past might have tripped you up. And that was one for her. And I think that's one for a lot of people. I know that when I first started navigating, tracking my food, one of the things that I had a lot of apprehension around was like, oh, if I didn't cook it and I'm going to a restaurant, it can't be exactly perfect. All it took for me to get over that was to actively go out to eat more frequently take my best guess, estimate whatever that food might have looked like, and put something into my tracker because that something would help me at least see give a little ballpark of exactly where my macros were, which is better than zero because if it's nothing, chances are I probably left it as nothing because I didn't really want to admit to myself what that portion or what that intake looked like relative to the rest of my day and usually it probably wasn't the best choice. So That is where we will ultimately move into our final phase, which is our freedom phase. That's the phase where we make this our lifestyle, where it's just the way we're wired. It's just the way we show up. So if you wanna learn more about it, we've got one more episode to go through where we will detail that freedom phase to round out this series that breaks down all four pillars of the Fitness Fix program. And if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like I shared last week, This sounds a little confusing. This sounds a little bit overwhelming. I want to figure out the right way to do this. I want to finally feel like food doesn't have to be such a focus for me all the time or something where you feel like you're constantly starting over again, then reach out because that's what the fitness fix is all about. It's helping you come up with the structure, helping you come up with the systems, but doing it in a way that... If our coaches do their jobs, at the end of it all, they fire themselves because that's what each equals success for our clients. So looking forward to that next episode. Again, from wherever you guys are listening from, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And if you got anything from this conversation, share it with a friend. We'd so appreciate if you shared it on social media. If you've been a longtime listener of The Fix Podcast and you haven't left us a review, it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and do so. It's super easy on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It takes literally two seconds. You already listened to the show, which means you got it pulled up. So tap those five stars if you got something valuable out of this. And we will catch you guys next time.